No, I have to say it, Mitch. Showtime. Hey, heads up, everybody. It's showtime. Oh, it's time. All right, ladies, buckle up. It's showtime. All right, everyone. Welcome to Stanko Stance Movie Podcast. John Stanko being joined by Mike Phillip once again. Mike, thanks for joining me. Hey, you know, I had to complete the uh, the sequel here. Yes, we did. This is a sequel indeed to our previous podcast. And, and we have a special guest appearance, Mike. Yes, we do. We are being joined by Garrett Murray, who works with us in, in Iona College Athletic Communications. And he's here to be a third voice, another set of ears, and he can chime in whenever he wants about our opinions on said topic today. Garrett, are you ready? I'm ready. Thanks for having me. I think I'm going to be the voice of reason today. You have the you have the voice, like the demeanor of someone of calm. You speak very slowly, like a, like an Oprah effect. So I think you're going to be very good for us. You could be the mediator for our arguments. I'm going to try my he's, best. He's got to break the ties. No, no jumping over the table here. There, the, we right. will not jump over or onto the table. I promise you. He's like he's like the Lando Calrissian of this podcast. He's the Lando Calrissian of the podcast. Don't betray us like Lando did. Yeah. Do you know what we're referencing? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a great start. Yeah. All right, guys. So today we are discussing the worst movies of the 2010s, the worst movies of the decade. Mike, me and you did best movies of the decade before, um, and so now we're doing worst. So we had to, again, we had to complete this tri- this sequel, if you will. And so before we begin, before we get down our list, kind of want to ask you, went into making this list, how did you define worst movies? Well, there was two separate categories. I mean, one is just like they are just so god-awful and never should have been made. That's obviously the first category. Some of the ones on my list. And the second one is, I think is majority of my list, is like if you butcher source material or do lazy, uninspired sequels, you are a very good bet to be on my list. Okay. All right. That's very fair. Um, I think for myself, I went into this, and there are just some movies that are so bad that even – they can't be, like, redeemed in any way, shape, or form. I think we can all agree here that sometimes there's a redeeming quality to a good, bad movie where they know they're bad, they embrace the fact that they're bad, and it's enjoyable in that way. Like the Bills, Houston, Bills Texans playoff game. So bad it was good. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad it was good. That's a very good analogy. Yeah. Um, or like the movie Highlander, for me, is an old action movie that's not very good if you look at it objectively, but I love it because it's bad and it's awesome. Yeah. So... It was a delicate balance of the line, so it's towing uh, the worst movies that are just objectively terribly made and there's no redeeming qualities, and then disappointing, which even if a movie had some entertaining parts where on a personal level I felt I was violated, my trust was violated, my eyes were violated by what I expected, and nothing came to be, nothing was redeeming for it in the in terms of expectations-wise. Yeah, it makes some sense. What so, is, yep. Yeah, that's the way we're kind of approaching this thing. Garrett, do you have anything to add? Nope. Excellent. All right, so let's go down. We're going to run down 10 through 6, and then we're going to go 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, kind of in slow fashion like we did before, Mike. Um, so do you want the honors of going first 10 through 6, or would you like me to go first? Do you have the decision? Uh, you can go first. I went first last time. All right, so I will go first. I'll run through my 10 through 6 fairly quickly. We'll give a couple quick bullet points as just why they're on the list in general, um, and then we'll go from there. So for me, the 10th worst movie of the 2010s is a sequel which you mentioned before, Mike, uh, Independence Day Resurgence came out in 2016, was supposed to be a summer blockbuster, and this movie just stunk to high heaven. Nothing was good about it. I have to ask you, if there are, I think, six people, seven people on the writer's IMDb section, and you have to scroll through to see all of them, that's usually not a good sign. Usually a sign that a screenplay is really going to stink, which this one did. Um, Jeff Goldblum was not nearly as charismatic as he was in the original. I forgot that Liam Hemsworth was in this movie. Did you guys know Liam Hemsworth was in this movie? 
No. Do you guys remember that? I kind of, I think I kind of blocked that out of my, out of my memory that he was in that movie. Yeah, I didn't know he was in this movie until I looked up. Oh my god, he was in the cast. So just not a good movie. Objectively terrible. Uh, number nine, A Good Day to Die Hard. I love Die Hard. The original is one of the best action movies of all time. I tolerated all the sequels. Some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. But A Good Day to Die Hard is objectively terrible. Just why oh why. This movie was released on Valentine's Day, and it broke my heart because I went to go see it opening night alone on Valentine's Day, and I left more heartbroken than ever possible before. Yikes. <laughs> exactly. You would see a movie alone on Valentine's Day. I would. I would. Yeah. Uh, the Kingsman comes out on Valentine's Day this year, which is exactly what I plan on doing. There's so another Kingsman coming out? There is. Wow. Yeah, Ralph Fiennes in it. Yeah, it's gonna be quite good. Yeah. Definitely gonna be better than Golden Circle. Hopefully. So, so Stanko wasn't a fan of that one. So Stanko might need somebody to go with into the movies. No, 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 no. I'm going by myself. Okay. No, this is my. This is by myself. This is me time. Okay. Stanko time. time. I love myself. On yeah. Valentine's Sounds Day. like a tradition, Mike. So <laughs> yes. Uh, let's just I well, not, we won't disturb the tradition. <laughs> Do not disturb the tradition. Uh, Serenity is my number eight. Uh, this movie came out earlier this year. Before we carry on, Mike, I want to read you the final act, the final third act of this movie. Oh, I have boy. it on my phone. And I read it to Garrett, and his mind exploded when we were earlier in the office. Ho- hopefully it gets better is the this the is, is this the one that's based on the show Firefly? No, no. That was a good movie. It's also called Serenity. That's why I was confused. That was a good movie. This is not. This movie stars Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and Diane Lane, so you think it'd be decent, but it's not. This is the final third. Through expository flashbacks, telepathic connections, and a rule maker, a literal rule maker, a character called the rule maker, the main character of Serenity, Baker Dill, whose actual name is John, finds out that he is a digital character created within a computer program by his genius son, and then Baker Dill's existence is a mere fabrication of his son because he's actually dead in real life, and Baker Dill's digital presence is a subconscious projection of his son who is in the real world using this computer program as a way to gather courage on his way to taking a knife and stab his stepfather to death. That's just so confusing. That is the final third of Serenity. My God, this movie, ooh, it was it, it made absolutely no sense. Zero Garrett, sense. Gary, if you, if you hadn't seen the first two thirds of that movie, would you have understood that what the hell was going on there? No, no. I heard his rendition, his story two times now. And it just goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just not good. So that's my number eight. Number seven is Suicide Squad. I think Suicide Squad is going to be kind of mentioned on both of our lists in some way, shape, or form. Um, just not a very good movie. Tons of uh, production in the background of this movie. Put DC, uh, the DC universe in terms of the cinematic universe in its deepest hole yet, which they're still trying to climb out of. So Suicide Squad, not a good movie. And then number six, another comic book movie, Dark Phoenix, came out earlier this year. This one is more of on a personal level because I love the X-Men. And this movie, capping off that franchise, at least this version of it, was a dreadful, dreadful send-off. Um, so that is my 10 through 6. I have Independence Day Resurgence, A Good Day to Die Hard, Serenity, Suicide Squad, and Dark Phoenix. I remember we talked about Dark Phoenix on my pack, and you were so, so disappointed. I remember you were like, yeah, these guys didn't look like they even wanted to be there half the time. No, they know they didn't. No, they didn't. It's not good when the major character of that movie, Mystique, played by Jennifer Lawrence, blatantly says she does not like playing the role and she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And then she dies halfway through the movie in a horrendously unemotional death. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just not a good movie. Objectively bad. Yeah, it was not a good movie. And I will say Suicide Squad. Literally a pile of hot trash. Yes, pile of hot trash. I remember hating the ending, and Garrett, I believe you hated this movie as well. We talked about I, this in the office. Yes, I did. Um, they had a great idea, but just didn't put it all together. Yeah, just terrible. This, it, there was no consistency to the way the movie was made whatsoever. Um, but 
we're getting uh, the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn coming out to Birds of Prey. Hope, so yeah, hopefully that works. Yeah, hopefully that works. I got faith in Margot Robbie. She was probably the best part of Suicide Squad Can in also, many ways, shapes, and forms. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that one. Can I also ask you guys one thing? Yes. What was the point of having Jared Leto in that movie? He was like barely there. I would agree. Um, I love Jared Leto as an actor. His version of the Joker, I don't think is good. I think it's bad. But um, he rebounded really well with Blade Runner with Blade Runner 2049, where he was actually a really, really creepy bad guy. So we got back to the bad guy vibes and did it really well. But Jared Leto in this movie, I think he was cut out because people didn't like his version of it, and he, he's a total afterthought. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, Mike, what do you got for 10 through 6? All right, number 10. I'll go to your X-Men franchise. I'm going with X-Men Apocalypse. Just they butchered the one of the more iconic X-Men villains of all time. I mean, first saw the pictures in the pre-production when he looked like Ivan Ooze from the Power Ranger 95 movie. I'm like, this is not good. This is not going to end well. And then it's very bloated. Characters don't look like they know what they're doing there. It just doesn't really flow well at all. Too long also, which is another common theme for some of these movies, which is just not only is it bad, you make you sit there longer watching it, which makes it even worse. That's number 10 for me. Number 9, this is just a pure trash movie. And considering the source material is not much of a surprise, it's Baywatch 2017. That movie, ugh. Like, I mean, you have this is probably the worst thing Dwayne Johnson's been in the last decade. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're going to look up The Rock IMDb right now because I, I, take, I take umber with this, um, with this selection. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, Mike. Um, in no means was it a good movie. Agreed. In no means is it good. But, it's awful. But you had the cast to carry it. G.I. Joe Retaliation. Really? You think <laughs> that was better than Baywatch? They were both movies. It's just a matter of preference, in my opinion. All right. I just, I, I would, I would. I, have, I at least there was action in G.I. Joe. What the hell was I watching in Baywatch? I mean, I, you had charismatic Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You had charismatic Zac Efron. You had pretty lays. Alexander Daddario's in it. I mean, that, that's really – it's enough like, for me like, to keep like, me engaged. Like, like, why was Priyanka Chopra even there? That doesn't matter. <laughs> Alexander Daddario's in it with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Zac Efron. There are beautiful people on a beach. Again, the movie's not good. I'm, I agree with you. It's yeah. a bad rating, but yeah. it's not one of the ten worst of the decade. In my opinion, it is. All right. Respectfully disagree. Okay, that's – Number eight, we'll go back. We're going to the sequel. Well, Taken three. Why the hell are we still making Taken movies? The first one was a cult classic. Second one was bad. The third one made no sense whatsoever because like the plot was incoherent. It was basically the first one was a great one about his daughter being taken. The second one they flipped the dynamic of him and his wife, his ex-wife being taken. That didn't work. The third one just a revenge movie. I'm like, what are we watching here? They did it so poorly. They wasted Liam Neeson. Terrible execution on Taken three. I, I take umbrage with you on this pick again, Michael. Yeah, Only yeah. it's for a different reason. Again, Taken 3 is uh, – I actually haven't seen it because Taken 2 was so bad. I refuse to see Taken 3. My thing is after its predecessor, like Taken 2 was so bad, did you expect Taken 3 to be good? Did I expect it to be good? Did you expect Taken 3 to be good? I not that it could get worse than 2. Okay, so you thought it got – I mean – I thought they could bounce back slightly. I didn't think it could, they would hit 1 again. I thought they could do better. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, So with this, with the sequel train – I, for me personally, again, you're you're totally entitled to your opinion. When a move, when like, so say like the third movie in a trilogy is the worst. If the second movie in that trilogy is really bad, I can't put the third one as the worst, like on a worst list because the second one set the bar. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's why Taken Three. That's why I mean Taken Two is really, really, really bad, which yeah. is why I didn't see Taken Three. Yeah. So I just I'm, I'm a little bit just curious on your reasoning there and stuff like that because I think there's going to be another trilogy of movies here which is going to appear on your list where it kind of falls into the same kind of thing. 
Yeah, I just think I, I just personally I enjoy taking three slightly less than two. Two is on my honorable mentions list as well, but I did not want to overload the movie with all the same franchise. So that's why I spaced this stuff out a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. Taking three. All right. Number seven, A Wrinkle in Time, the 2017 movie based on the book. And they had a big cast. They had Oprah Winfrey in this cast. They had so much star power and so, so, so wasted potential with that movie. I, I mean, Oprah does nothing in this movie of interest. I think you had, I forget, I think Reese Witherspoon was one, one of the other characters in the movie. She doesn't do a ton. The kids weren't even that good. That's a sad part. And then Chris Pine randomly is the dad at the end. And then, like, I feel like they were a little too faithful to the book at times. And, like, it just it just bothered me because that story is so much more fantastical than what they actually did with it in the, in the movies. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this movie. I had no desire to. I've never read the book. So, um, it just I, I heard terrible, terrible things about it. And I think Ava DuVernay directed it, who I think has a pretty good history in terms of directing things that people like. She directed Selma, which was a very good movie. Um, so, again, I would agree with you. I've heard terrible things about it. I, that's why I just didn't see this movie. Yeah, that's, that's another one. And number six, Amazing Spider-Man 2, just because... This literally wrecked the character of Spider-Man so bad that Marvel had to come in and save the character. You had three villains in this movie, none of whom could hold the movie on their own. And the worst part of it, I think, obviously, is Garfield's acting is horrendous. But Jamie Foxx as Electro, I think, is one of the worst movie villains I've ever seen. Because, I mean, his whole motivation in this movie is, Spider-Man's not my friend. I hate him. I'm going ki- to kill him just because he was, like, socially demented and didn't fi- like follow him at a birthday party. I mean, really? I again, I agree with you. This was not a good movie. Again, I just don't think it's one of the worst ten of the decade. But again, this goes to you just being super disappointed that it, it killed it killed the Spider-Man character. It did. We had to go with third iteration because they remember this is when they had the whole like we're gonna have sixty films, we're gonna have the Sinister Six, we're gonna have this whole shared universe, and it all went down the drain. This movie was a piece of garbage. Uh, the Metacritic score is sixty six, which is not very good, but it's is higher than I thought it would be. Um, I don't remember Andrew Garfield's acting being terrible. He was very pouty in that movie. I mean, that's just, that's the that's the way it's written. That's not the way he's acting then. So I've seen this movie and I don't remember basically any of it. That's not a good sign. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of agree with Mike that. It's, right. it, yeah. Again, it's not good. Don't get me wrong. If I yeah. don't remember, it's got to be. Brutal. I mean, I remember I hated the ending with Paul Giamatti being Rhino. Yeah, I hated that when I when I first saw it. Again, I don't think it's very good by any means. Um. But I, I don't think it's one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. And they took they basically took the best character in the movie, Emma Stone, and Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy killed her off just to like, oh, we did this because the comics did it, as opposed to actually trying something original. Yeah. Uh, but like, so they, you thought, which movie is worse, this or Thor Dark World? This is worse. Oh, I disagree. This I disagree. is worse. I disagree. At least you had one villain in Thor 2. You had three in this movie, and none of them were any good. I I just I think Thor Dark World was a was a worse movie, but it, again we're all tied into our opinion, so it's fine. It's on my honorable mention, Thor Thor Dark World. Uh, it is on mine as well. All right, so th- those are our ten through six. Run through them again for yourself. All right, so to reset the ten through six on this list: number ten, X Men Apocalypse; number nine, Baywatch; number eight, Taken Three; number seven, A Wrinkle in Time; and number six, Amazing Spider Man Two. Okay, so do you think that X Men Apocalypse is a worse movie than Dark Phoenix? Unless Dark Phoenix is inside your top five. I think it's slightly worse because I feel like this is just Whoa. this is just potential so much Whoa. higher. Dark Phoenix, I, I knew was gonna be a disaster. Either one of them, so I can't jump in here. Garrett, I'm gonna give you an assignment for next week and to watch both these movies. Tell me which one you think is worse. You want his eyes to bleed? 
<laughs> they might, but ugh. all right, all right. Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Again, I don't think Apocalypse was very good. I mean, Simon Kimberg, who directed uh, Dark Phoenix, wrote Apocalypse, so he's connected to both of them in that way. Um, hey, you should stop doing X Men movies. He's done a lot of X Men movies. He he did a lot of them, but he did Days of Futures Past too. I believe he wrote that one, which is a good one. Yeah, but then he should. Then he just fell off a cliff after that. Yeah, I mean, he also did Last Stand, which I enjoyed more than most people. Did he? Um, did he do? Did he do Wolverine? No, no, he did not. X Men Origins Wolverine. He didn't no. do that. No. Okay. Um, all right, so now we're gonna get to our top five. We're okay. getting to the nitty gritty. Garrett's yeah. getting a little bored. He's checking out his phone. I understand. We're getting to the top five. We're getting to the exciting stuff. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm waiting for one. Stanko, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna yeah, set it up on a T for it's, you. It's, it's close. All right, so we're gonna start off with my number five. The fifth worst movie of the decade for me is the new version of The Predator, which came out September fourteenth, twenty eighteen. I was so, so, so excited for this movie because the original Predator is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, it's it's machismo in ninety-minute action wonderfulness. It is sweaty, bloody, tons of cursing. That handshake between Carl uh, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the manliest thing to ever be put on the silver screen ever. There's no denying that fact. It's a fact. It's in it's in like encyclopedias everywhere. This movie had nothing of that. No machismo, horrendous jokes, nothing good about it. Even the violence and the action wasn't very entertaining. This movie had no no redeeming qualities as well. This movie also has a theme, which is going to carry on through my top five a bit, of a central kid being a titular turning point in the movie, which you have no emotional investment in whatsoever, and this kid magically is the, like the solution to everything. So, And again, it happened in this movie, and I hated that little plot twist there. Uh, another aspect of my top ten, just worst movies in general, is the idea of bad parents that are just overly terrible um, with, again, a kid who's going to save the day. I think that's an overused trope. So this movie had all of that. There was nothing good about it. What made me super disappointed is that Shane Black, who wrote and directed this movie, also did The Nice Guys, which was with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, which I thought was a hilarious movie and enjoyed very, very much. And then he followed it up with this utter piece of trash. It's awful. One of the worst action movies I've ever seen and a huge, huge personal disappointment as well. Yeah, considering the lore of this franchise as a whole, I mean, every time you risk it with the reboot, it's like, are we going to get the magic again? This one definitely did not. There was zero, zero magic whatsoever. No chemistry whatsoever. Just a huge, huge miss. Gary, have you have you seen a new Predator? No, I have not. Don't. And I, I won't. Have you seen the original Predator? I own that on DVD. I'm going to bring it back to the office when we walk over there. Maybe bits and pieces of it? Mm. He's giving Garrett some homework. <laughs> I am giving Garrett some homework. Yeah. It's not bad homework, though. No, no, no. It's good homework. Could be a lot worse. All right. So we're back on me, correct? Yes. What is your number five? My number five movie is Inferno from 2016. It's the third of the Robert Langdon-based movies, and they have never quite gotten the Da Vinci Code adaptions right. The first one was bland. It did nothing. second one was, eh, it was okay. This one, off, I think, the best book in the series, literally hot 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 garbage i mean you wasted felicity jones in this movie and she was supposed to be the second lead of this movie what they did to the character was a complete disaster compared to what happens there in the book the villain is a waste as well i mean the villain in the book has such an interesting thing going on a whole motivation they do they reduce into a very generic like wow the world's gonna die wow i'm gonna fix it with a virus wow and then the twist that the character undergoes in the book is so the Felicity Jones character undergoes in the book is so fascinating 
And the way they have her redeem it herself is great. But nope, we're going to kill her off because we can't explain that to audiences. They're too dumb to understand. Come on now. This is an awful, 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 awful movie. And I love the books. I cannot stand this movie. I literally walked out of this movie like, what the hell did I just watch? This is just so god-awful. And I'll give you the Rotten Tomatoes critic summary on from this is we got 23% off of there, by the way. Not good. Sensibly frenetic, frantic, and altogether shallow, Inferno sends the Robert Langdon trilogy spiraling to a convoluted new low, which about sums up everything. So you, I mean, I haven't seen this movie. I've read all the Robert Langdon books. I've enjoyed yeah. them all. Um, I haven't seen this one, so I'm in the dark here. Did, though, did I hear you say you think Angels and Demons is a better movie than Da Vinci Code? Da Vinci Code was bland to me. Oh, I respectfully disagree. I enjoyed Da Vinci Code more. It was long. I'll give you that. It was very, very long. But well, it was tedious. I, I mean, Angels and Demons moved, at least. I disagree. I, I preferred Da Vinci Code to Angels and Demons. But, uh, again, I haven't seen this movie. Again, I enjoyed the book very much. Um, it's not my favorite book of the Robert Langdon series, um, but it was still a very, very good book. Um, I mean, they skip the last symbol to do this book, to do this one, because they loved it so much, and then they butcher the story completely. And, I mean, they... Felicity Jones' character in the and you know what happens in the book with her. You know that's in the book, Sienna Brooks, like basically spoiler alert for those who have not read the book. She instead of like she like basically is falls in love with a villain in the past. They come up with this plan to spread a virus to basically neutralize like the human population's ability to like reproduce at a mass rate. She at the end of the book actually has to go through this arc where she realizes she's wrong, teams back up with Langdon and solves the problem and then gets to work on finding a solution. Here she's like, Nope, she just gets killed off. Completely, very lazy. It is lazy screenwriting. I would agree with you there. Um, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't form an opinion. But you know what? I probably should see it because I enjoyed the book and I enjoyed Robert Lane in the book series. So I should probably check this one off my list. If you want to torture yourself, feel free to do it. I will. I'll see a bad movie. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched. We got. We got plenty of bad movies to pick from. Oh yeah. All right. Number four on my list: Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Here comes Garrett. Yeah. Let me explain. <laughs> let me let me explain my reasoning first. Um, has there been a more disappointing sequel this decade to an original reboot? No. I think this is probably the most disappointing direct sequel of the decade. Um, I thought there was just nothing good about this movie whatsoever. Um, I thought that the freaking kid at the center of the turning point of the movie, at the center of this stupid plot, uh, she's a clone? Why did we need that? We didn't need that at all. What was the point of that? To add confusion to the story for no reason whatsoever? Fantastic. Awesome. So stupid. Um, and then also just nitpicking this movie. This I point, made this point earlier to Garrett, and it's a great point. Now, you rec- now in the bottom of this, of this mansion, three floors underneath this mansion, they're selling super smart dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Now, first of all, nobody's going to hear dinosaurs when they're three floors beneath the building. I think people would hear if dinosaurs were running around screaming and roaring everywhere, right? Yeah. Where That's, was the mansion? Where was the mansion? In the middle of nowhere. But the people working in the mansion... The dinosaurs were there for, like, one day. No, they weren't. Yes, they were they... working on them down there. No. All right, well, regardless, it doesn't make any sense. They transported them in from the island. And get, But they didn't just stay there for one day. There's no way. I don't remember this exactly, so you might be right. But I just regardless, they don't hear the dinosaurs three-fourths underneath. That's the, not the, the main The evil nitpick. one they would have heard. Oh, Gary's yes. clearly the Jurassic World expert here. He is a Jurassic World expert, so I apologize. But the nitpick I have is that if you add up the total for which these dinosaurs sold underneath in this auction is $120 million, which you think is a lot. Yeah. But the uh, the budget for this movie, 
this this terrible movie was 170 million dollars. That's it. Are you telling me that super smart dinosaurs, the ability to obey orders, are worth less than 120 million dollars? A bunch of them are worth are worth less than 170 million dollars. That makes zero sense. Not all of them were sold. This is fair, <laughs> a fair point, I, I, I suppose. But regardless, one of them should be worth more than that. But the the main gripe I have with this movie is the fact we're told in the beginning. That by Jeff Goldblum's character, the lovably charismatic character of Jeff Goldblum, he's in his full glory in a courtroom, right? He's defending his right, saying we should not let these dinosaurs free. This is a bad idea. We have to let them get away, right? We cannot bring them into humanity because it's not going to be only the good things. Yeah. And then at the end of it, we're supposed to feel good that this kid just pressed the right, giant red button to free everybody because she says, I'm alive. They're alive like me. Or whatever yeah. like that. Because so she's a clone like them. Yeah, but the clone part was stupid. <laughs> Granted, You're meant to feel for this character who's a clone? Granted, it's very, very corny. Yes. And I totally agree with that. But it, it's part of the movie. It connects them. <laughs> it connects them terribly. And a horribly explained. I felt no emotional thing for this kid. I wanted the kid to die. The kid was stupid. I mean, and then also, I didn't like all the direct callbacks to the original Jurassic Park. I think they were too obvious. You had the the Brontosaurus when it was dying in the smoke, lifted its lifted its legs up exactly like the first time they saw the Brontosaurus in the yep. first Jurassic Park. You had the scene in the Dumb Waiter where she's trying to pull it down, but she can't get it down close enough, just like the Velociraptors uh, in the kitchen scene in the original Jurassic Park, stuff like that. There was just too many direct homages that were not subtle enough for me to like the movie, which is going to fall into a later selection on my worst ten movies of the decade list. Again fan service or homages that are just too obvious and too much thrown in there. Um, and also, I just want to take a look at the writer for this movie, Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Everyone, I mean, if you follow movies, you probably recognize his name. The last two blockbuster movies that he has written have been Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I've made my opinions known on that movie. I thoroughly, thoroughly disliked it. And then also Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Those are his last two screenplays to his credit on IMDb. Well, he, he also bounced out of nine before he got finished. Lindelof. It shit. doesn't matter. His name is still associated with it. He, he's something. You don't know how much, you don't know how much he actually involved in there. Be fair. They it's kept, they it's kept on one, his IMDb. That doesn't look good. They, they kept. They gotta get one thing from his name and said, "Oh, he's a he has a writer credit." It doesn't matter. It doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. I thought this movie stunk. I it's, it was a super 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 disappointment, and I think it was just literally there to set up a sequel for where the dinosaurs being involved with the humans. Yeah. I think that's literally what it is. What it was for. It's just a placeholder. It's basically like when you split a finale of a franchise into part one and part two. This was a part one to get to the more exciting part two. I really hope that they improve upon part two because I love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are cool. No denying that. But this movie, the story was so bad, it took away from any of the excitement of a dinosaur. Also, I like my traditional dinosaurs. I don't need a genetically altered dinosaur. It was part of my reasons I didn't love Jurassic World, the first one. Yeah, can I also ask you a question? Sure. How many of the bad movies on your list is Jeff Goldblum in? I feel like you mentioned him a lot. Uh, right now he's in two. Yeah. He's in two. So you have something against Jeff Goldblum then? Uh, no, I have nothing against <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. His original, again, in Jurassic Park, he's awesome, yeah. right? Because he's, he's not the main character of that movie. And again, uh, in Independence Day, he's fantastic because he's not the main character and he has a chance to shine with his personality. But in these two sequels, he plays well, he has to play as big of a part in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But again, he's toned down where he can't be his funny, uh, charismatic, smiling self. He has to be somber and serious in the courtroom. Yeah. We can't let these dinosaurs free. Gary, just keep an eye on keep an eye on the Jeff Goldblum references in Stanko's list. I'm marking them down. I'm at two. Phillips. Yeah, I'm at two. Okay. So next up for me, we're going to number four. We're going back to the DC well. We are going to Batman v Superman from 2016, which, in terms of bad movies, this one I think is way, way high up there. Surprise is not in your top ten, just because this. I know you put Suicide Squad there from that from that DC EU, yeah. But I think Suicide Squad, in my opinion, going into it, you're like this is going to be a hot mess. 
I think you kind of had that sense when they dropped the trailer, but like this is the first time in big screen history you have the two biggest superheroes in blockbuster history, Batman and Superman. You put them on the screen for the first time ever here. Number one, you bombed the casting of Batman because Ben Affleck was not it. Oh, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he was the best part of that movie. I disagree on that. I, he was so bad. I thought he was fine. I think he's probably one of the better Batman. I mean, no one. Christian Bale's the best Batman, but Ben Affleck was perfectly fine as Batman for me. I did not like him as Batman. I, I respectfully disagree. Okay. He, he The best part of that movie was Gal Gadot's appearance as Wonder Woman. See, I didn't like that. I thought that was ham-fisted in. Yeah, like, I would have been better if we didn't have one. That was small doses. We spent way too much time on the nonsense of like, oh, I hate Superman. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find kryptonite weapons and kill him. And basically, that was the whole plot of the movie. We had an extended half-hour sequence of some dream sequence he had set future DC projects that went completely nowhere. This movie was two and a half hours long, and the villain was a CGI disaster. Yeah, the villain was the villain was not very good. I remember when the trailer came out for this movie, they revealed the big, big bad villain in the trailer. And yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, "That's that's your final act. We know this now. You took away that whole entire surprise." And yeah. I was, I remember not being very happy about that. That Lex, like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, was awful. I didn't again. I didn't think he was that bad. Have you have you seen the Lex Luthor character in other adaptations? Yes, but I didn't mind this change. I don't mind when you change the source material a little bit and take some risks. I, I just, don't think he was. I, that I don't terrible. mind that. I just think Eisenberg's performance is terrible. That was my opinion. I, I, I don't think he was that bad. I think Justice League is a worse movie than this. Justice League is mishmashed because they had to re- they started rewriting it late. Say, oh, we're gonna try and make like Avengers, and then you could tell that Zack Snyder wanted this, and what's his name wanted that, and then that's why that was a disaster. I think just from start to finish, this was just such a letdown compared to the fact that you had the two biggest superheroes ever on screen, and then you do that. That's what you come up with for them. You waste most of the movie, and like the only fun part about the movie, I think, was at the end when. Uh, Batman rescues uh, Martha, like uh, Superman's mom. He's like, hi, I'm a friend of your son. That was the only part I actually enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't like that part. The whole their son, isn't it? Both their mothers start with the same name, yeah. same letter, something like that. That was really, really stupid. That was also a lazy way to get them to be friends. Super lazy, super yeah. lazy. Um, but again, I don't. Again, I don't think this movie is as bad as you think it is. I thought Ben Affleck was perfectly fine as Batman. In fact, I thought he was the best part of the movie. Um, I thought Jess Eisenberg was fine as Lex Luthor. I don't think it was great. Again, I think the story is not very good. But I think this movie was definitive in the way it wanted to look, which I admit that the fact that the in the way this movie looked, they were consistent with it, and they had a singular vision for the way it looked. I don't think you could say the same thing about Justice League and the way it was paced and stuff like that. Justice uh, League, I, I, I love the a little bit because they rewrote it halfway through, which I means that, that way it's hard to fix that. Because well, see, that's what makes it worse for me is the fact that they had to write it halfway through and you could tell. That's what makes it worse for me. Gary, break the tie. What's your take on Batman Superman? I don't think he's seen it. Never seen it. Probably never will. It's <laughs> a fair. Because I am not a fan of DC. Really? Okay. Like I saw Wonder Woman and it's fine. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I'm a Marvel guy. So all right, that's I'm a fair point. Stay out of this one. I mean, the DC movies, this was, again, a low point for them for sure. Um, but I thought both Suicide Squad and Justice League were worse movies than, than Batman vs. Superman. I like the scene when they were talking. Uh, I believe it was Gal Gadot um, and, and Ben Affleck, and they were talking like it was like when she was wearing the big red dress, right? Yeah. And he was going down, and they were kind of playing like a spy game, like yeah. just making eyes with each other and trying yeah. to trick each other. I like that scene. That's a scene I remember most from the movie. That probably says something, the fact that it's a scene I remember most when there were no masks on, no fighting, or anything like that. Um, but again, I, this movie's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's like not a good grade, but it's definitely not the worst for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also point out that Garrett saw the one DC movie as, re- as regularly regarded as good. Yeah. 
Wonder Woman's like considered the probably the best one. Didn't do anything for me. All right, just gonna leave it at that. Go watch, go watch Suicide Squad. Tell us how you really feel about Wonder Woman after that. Oh, I've seen Suicide Squad. Yeah, at least Suicide Squad. Yeah, so much worse. Yes, (laughs) he had to think about it though. But Margot Robbie's in it, and. Under, that's all. That's all. That's all that need to be said. Uh, all right. So my number three in terms of worst movies of the 2010s, we're going to comedy, and we're going to a comedy that was unabashedly the worst I've seen this decade. Holmes and Watson, directed and written by Eaton Cohen, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. I, I have no idea what they were doing with this movie. Um, I mean, they tried to sell it to Netflix because the production studio knew it was so bad. Netflix wouldn't even buy it. That's how bad the movie was. Netflix wouldn't even just throw it on its platform. Um, this movie, there's just literally nothing funny about it. It's not made to age well. It doesn't even, it's not even funny in the current climate. There's so many ham-thrown-in modern, like, news references, like fake news and selfies with the queen and stuff like that. And instead of duck face, they did some other animal where they're making the lips with the selfie face. This movie was unabashedly, absolutely, 100% the worst comedy of this year. And the fact that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, who've made some great movies together, Step Brothers, Awesome. Like, doesn't get a good critic rating. Doesn't matter. It's still hilarious. There is nothing redeeming about this movie whatsoever. Um, it, it is truly, truly atrocious. And this is after we've gotten some good Sherlock with, like, the Robert Downey, Jr., Robert Downey Jr. version. Then we have the Sherlock TV show from BBC. And this just is a huge black mark on that. Nobody go see this movie. This is the movie I wouldn't even request you go seeing because it's that bad. Just don't see it. It doesn't deserve anyone's attention. Let me ask you this question. This is sort of like your point about how, oh, like, how can you think this is good? I mean, like, when you saw they were taking Sherlock Holmes and making a comedy, how could you possibly think it would be good? I thought that it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Like, yeah. I thought they could at least capture some chemistry and some magic together like they had in Step Brothers, which, like, Step Brothers it doesn't get a good critic rating, but it's still very, very funny. Like, there's still two funny people in a movie, and I thought there would be some funny moments that I would at least be able to chuckle at. Yeah. But there was literally nothing at all. I went in with the faith of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley having worked together and done some successful and funny films in the past, but nothing here. Nothing at all. Talladega Nights, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, absolutely fantastic, too. Uh, but there, there's nothing, nothing here whatsoever. Yeah, but like I think in terms of like what the material is and what you're trying to do, there's such a tonal mismatch between having those two in it. And as you said, the other films you talk about, Tally and Nice, all that stuff. But like those are set out to then be funnier. Like it's hard to be funnier with like a, something that's meant to be like a serious mystery kind of deal. But you can do Sherlock's. I mean, the Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. I just can't say his name. Uh, his version of Sherlock Holmes was funny and in its in its own way, right? Yeah. And I think the Sherlock version on BBC is funny in its own way with the way how much of an asshole he is. But he's a charismatic asshole. Yeah, I think it's like you can't lampoon it like you're doing with Farrell if you want if Farrell and Riley. Together. I think that's the problem. I don't think material lends itself to that. I I guess, I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, I should have gone in with lower expectations. I think I was just relying too heavily on Will Farrell and John C. Riley putting something out there. Especially after that trailer that they put out. I mean, the trailer was terrible, but again, I was just hoping for something. I didn't watch this in theaters, thank God. Came out, <laughs> came out on a Christmas day, and they buried it as much as much as possible. Uh, but it was truly, truly atrocious. I mean, I just point this out. I mean, I love the BBC version of Sherlock. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. and, and, like, Cumberbatch is fantastic as Sherlock Holmes, and, like, I think that's the right amount of, like, sass with the character they do there. I just think, like, if you're going full-on, like, raunchy comedy, it's not. this is not the material you're doing it with. No, it's not. And I I think that's part of my own fault, going on with this, maybe some expectations that were too high. Granted, they still weren't even, like, mediocre. I was still expecting it to be bad, but it was just, it was dreadful. No redeeming qualities. Zero. Okay. You're number three. My number three, and this is one that I think is a consensus, like, 
easily should be in the list. And you and I have had debates about this offline about why I put it in the list, and you did not. So I'll just go and throw it out there. The Emoji Movie. The fact that this movie, when it came out, was flirting with a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. The Emoji Movie is better than Holmes and Watson. Yeah. I'll 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 see about that. But fact. zero. The fact it was flirting with a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. That's really, really, really hard to do. You know what else is really hard to do? How do you screw up an animated movie so badly? It's one of the worst movies of all time. I mean, you have this whole idea is, oh, it'll sell the kids. You got cute characters. No story. The cast was not really doing their best work in this movie. The writing was god-awful. James Corden was awful in this movie. James Corden, I mean, he was just such a waste in this movie. They didn't really get a lot of great voice talent in it to begin with. And, like, when you think of a good, good, like, animated movies, you think of stuff like that's thoughtful or whatever, like Inside Out or, like, the Lego movie, the original one. Like, stuff like that's, like, witty, got in-jokes for the adults and the kids will like it. Nobody liked this one. Nobody did. And the fact that it, again, I think it ended up about like 7% on Rotten Tomatoes at the end of this. And I will go back to their rating here for a second, what they said about the Emoji movie. Because I remember this was just said here. They didn't even give it a thing. They put the the slash emoji up there as their critics' consensus. That's all you need to know about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not good by any means. Again, I think this is one... Maybe we're, again, with Holmes and Watson went in with too high of mediocre mediocre expectations. I saw this knowing it was going to be dreadful. So, I mean, I had it on as background noise. I don't remember laughing at all. Again, it's really not a good movie at all. I totally understand with you on that. I also think, personally, I could probably give a little bit more leeway to animated movies in terms of not being great. Um, there are very few times where I go into an animated movie expecting it to be a high-quality piece of cinema that's going to make me think, laugh, smile, and cry. Um, so I think I maybe went into just that's my mindset going into animated movies quite often is to just be entertained and have something on in the background. So that might be why it's not on my list personally. I just think personally, I mean, like considering what you have there, I mean, like this visually should be much more interesting than it actually is. In terms of like you got all these different like emojis, you got the hearts, you got the lot, you got the smiley faces, you got the poop emoji, but they, which they abuse way too much in that movie. I mean, that was expected. It was expected, but they did go even further. Than I thought they would. It's just so bad. Yeah, I don't. I think the only part of this movie that I maybe kind of somewhat enjoyed was Dropbox, right? Yeah. Was the Dropbox segment, and I just yeah. use Dropbox a lot. And the Dropbox app on your phone is really difficult to use, and I enjoyed the the confoundness of it in the movie. So that is that's the only re- redeeming possible thing from this movie. Again, it's not very good at all. It's terrible. I agree with you. It's just not on my list. Gary, did you see the Emoji movie? I I did, and to this day, I still regret it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. I agree with you. It's it's absolutely terrible. Easy it just didn't make my list. Um, number two for me is a movie from this year. Um, it is Hellboy. Oh boy, Hellboy. Um, this movie was it. It was just really, really, really bad, guys. Um, I went in honestly expecting kind of high things because uh, it's David Harbour in it from Stranger Things, kind of his first chance to be a breakout role in a sassy kind of mean character like he is in Stranger Things. Um, where, again, he's still lovable while being kind of a jerk sometimes. But there was just really, really nothing good about it. Um, the screenplay was absolute garbage. The The villain was dreadful and horrendous. Um, I mean, Miljokovic, basically she could do this role in her sleep uh, with a pillow on both sides of her head and just mumble the lines, and it was fine. It was absolutely terrible. They wasted Ian McShane. He, I think they tried doing some sort of ripoff of his John Wick character where he's the hotel manager. Um, nothing good there at all. 
Um, and it, the, uh, what's also super disappointing is this movie was directed by Neil Marshall, who has directed Game of Thrones and directed the Blackwater episode, and has directed good movies in the past, and this movie was just absolutely terrible. Uh, the screenplay went back and forth in terms of present day, past tense, to try and give some exposition, but they just did so terribly. Um, the, I mean, a good example of the way to do it is like the Witcher TV show, and this is just the complete opposite. And the reason I compare those two is because they're both fantasy tales involving different lore and monsters and stuff. And the Hellboy movie just did this absolutely awful. Um, so, again, the movie was dumb. It was over the top. The ending, I thought, was so, so bad with the apocalyptic characters. The CGI was really bad. It was overly gory when it didn't need to be. It was just there for shock value. Uh, this movie was an utter, utter mess, utter, utter garbage. My counter to you is this, is I feel like in all the decades of seeing, throughout this decade of seeing all the well-made Marvel movies, think they think that raised your expectations going into this one more than they should have been? Uh, yeah, probably. I would probably say so. Um, because, I mean, you basically, you've seen them do, like, these really deep, like, good movies, good CGI. You've seen them do, like, stuff like Black Panther. You've seen them do, like, Spider-Man really well. You've seen the Netflix shows where they do, like, the stuff like Daredevil, similar concept, very, very well. And then you're going to this, and it's just, like, you have your expectations higher than they should be. Yeah, it... I, I mean, I think expectations were that I love the Guillermo del Toro yeah. version of the movies from the 2000s, and I hope there, there'd be some resemblance of that, just a little bit, and there was absolutely nothing to the fact. So it was just it was just a really, really bad action movie. Again, terrible solo movie-going experience, walked out very angry. Gary, any Hellboy thoughts? Nope. Never seen Hellboy, any of them. So. Fair enough. Don't have Definitely opinion. don't see this one. I would see the first two, though. First two were good. You'd like it. He's a sassy character. You think I would like it? I, think, I honestly think you would enjoy the first two. All right. Add it to my homework. Add it to your homework. Yeah. Next, like, next, Sago's next podcast will be Garrett's homework assignment Garrett. where, he comes, where he comes back with Garrett asking for his thoughts on all these movies he's making him watch. Thoughts. Yeah. All right. All right. Number two for me, and it, it is a two, by the way. It's a sequel. We're going to The Hangover Part 2 from, I believe this is 2011 it's released, and... You guys remember the original. The original was so out of left field. It was so much fun. Like, I, when I went to see this the, on a theater on Long Island. I was interning at the U.S. Open golf tournament down there. One, like, one night we were all like, oh, we'll go see this movie. And the entire theater was laughing the entire time. It was that great a movie. So what do they do for the sequel? They give you the exact same movie that they put it in Thailand. No changes at all. Basically the same exact plot as one into two. They somehow do it worse in this movie. And you're sitting there like, when are we gonna do something fun? Like none of this is really that interesting, not that exciting. And that this is the point also to start to realize that Ken Jeong is good, and they start trying to overuse his character throughout this movie. It gets much worse in the sequel, which I not put in the top ten just because this is like what you were talking about before with the uh, whole thing, Sanko, with like, oh, two was taken, two was bad. Why isn't taken three to be good? Mm-hmm. The answer to that was Liam Neeson, which I thought taken three actually had a chance. This one. No chance after two, I knew three was going to be bad. This one was just such a disappointment. And I mean, come on. Like, you had such a goal formula. Giving me a carbon copy of what you just did two years ago is not very good. Very, very lazy and very disappointing. That's why it's up here. Um, I didn't hate this movie as much as you did, Mike. Uh, uh, honest yeah, answer. I, I, agree um, with I think this movie was, it was still pretty funny. Again, it wasn't like the hangover for the first one is very good and very funny. And it was super original. Um, I think this movie was perfectly fine. I think it was like Police Academy too, when you when you know what you're getting, but it's still going to be really funny. Um, so I still I still chuckled. Um, again, it's not good. I think it went over the top at times in certain sequences where I maybe cringed more than I laughed, uh, which is never good for me. But again, I don't think this is 
I don't think this was awful, awful, awful. I think it was just meh. I think the way I'd grade it. The thing that bothers me with this one is like the first one, you had stuff coming out of left field. You're like, what the hell am I watching? This is so fun. This is so great. And then you're like, oh, they did this again. Oh, they did that again. This is like, did it paint by number of what happened? See, that's where I agree with you, Mike, that it was basically the same movie, just in a different location. But to put this on your list over three. That, and I you put and you put taken three over taken two. I mean, which I, the the third Hangover movie is the worst one out of all three of them. Like I don't even think the third one is funny. That's where it would be worse the, for the me. The third one is all is basically them. Oh, we have Ken Jeong. Let's get him the the, the, the bad guy of the entire movie. Yeah, like exactly. I just exactly. That's where I think three should have been on the list and not two. Yeah, I didn't get, this movie is not as good as the first one. Don't get me wrong. It's just this movie is strictly meh for me. You're totally. I mean, I get it. It's a, it was a disappointing watch, but it was disappointing. But I still chuckled at it. Like I would, it was fine. It was fresh enough where I still kind of wanted to be with the characters, so I was still okay with it. It wouldn't be on my top ten. The Hangover Part Three was really objectively not very good and super disappointing. Yeah, Hangover Part Three, I think, is on is on my honorable mentions as well. So it's not like I like that movie. All right, all right. So your number two is the Hangover Part Two. I think me and me and Garrett disagree a little bit as it being onto the top ten. We would agree it's, it was disappointing, but not in terms of worst of the decade. You want to go to honorable mentions? All right, yeah. Let's do our honorable mentions before we do number one. Um, my honorable mentions list is very long. Okay. Uh, objectively, because we made the rule, Mike. We should have said this from the beginning, actually, but we didn't. Bad podcasting host by me. Uh, no streaming movies were allowed on our top ten. That yeah. was a rule we made. Yeah. Um. Because they had to be in the theaters for a significant amount of time for it to matter. Otherwise, there'd be just be a ton of Netflix movies on my top ten. As I'm going to run down to here, so this is going uh, in terms of 2010 to, to to modern times, from oldest to to newest. We got Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. We got Getaway, Runner Runner, Thor: The Dark World, The Legend of Hercules, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Now you see me too, which you still put on your top ten. No, of I put the now year. you see me one. Was I know you did. I know one, you did. One was up there. I know you did, and. Just it still boggles my mind. Uh, Beyond Skyline, Bright, Don't Kill It, Geostorm, The Snowman, Transformers: The Last Night, Look, The Cloverfield Paradox, Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald, Fahrenheit 451, Mortal Engines, Rideshare, Robin Hood, Godzilla: King of the Monsters, and Only Mine. Those Gar- are my honorable mentions. Care any thoughts on the list? Uh, yeah, I have a couple thoughts. Um, I totally agree with the Transformers. The two Transformers. Getting no. away from Shia LaBeouf just destroyed their franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two movies that I don't think deserve to be on the list is Bright and Robin Hood. Okay. Just saying. Um, yes, they could have been better, but I don't think they're that bad no. to be in this conversation. Right, fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. I respect it. I thought Bright was terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Mike, what are your honorable mentions? Okay, my honorable mentions, this is, I, I will, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like Cats is going to belong on this list on the honorable mentions, so I, I just because I have not seen it, is why it's not in the top ten. I feel like if I go see it, it might end up making the appearance. I, I plan on seeing oh. it just because it's going to be so bad. From what I heard, I think it might break your top ten. It here. might make the top ten for both of us, yeah. I feel like also I'm going to throw this out there, too. I feel like the early contender for the 2020s top ten is going to be the Sonic the Hedgehog movie when it comes out. I think I'm going to enjoy that because it's so bad. <laughs> That's what I think. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we see because, again, you have to see like because it's going to be such a disaster. 
But that's where I think my my mindset's going to be heading into that one being, you better be so bad that I'm entertained by your craziness. Yeah, so to reset these, some of these terrible lists, there's some Adam Sandler at the top. It's also Gulliver's Travels, Jack and Jill, Green Lantern. I don't know how you forgot that one. Uh, Green Lantern was not very good, but yeah. again, I it wasn't on my top ten. See, I agree with Mike. Green Lantern was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Not, yeah. Again, it was not not very good. I think I, maybe, I'm surprised they didn't make honorable mentions for you. That's why I th- throw that out there. I think I'm just in the bag for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, man, crush on Ryan Reynolds. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. This whole concept was strange as hell, and it was just a strain wreck of a movie. That's I do respectfully I disagree. Like I didn't. I, I, I don't know if I liked it, but I was like, this movie's bonkers. It makes no sense. And so right. I remember watching it, being like, this is okay because it's so bad. It's because right. it's so crazy. All right, Thor: The Dark World. We agree. Yes. Taken Two is on there. Hangover Part Three is on there. I agree with you on now. You see me too. The sequel is a train wreck. Again, and you love the first one. I love the first one. The second one was is god awful. Second one is so so. Daniel Radcliffe is yeah. the main. Ugh, Daniel Radcliffe was like, I was like, why? Like, why Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, he just where, didn't need to be. Where do you it. have the first one? It's in my. It's my favorite movies of the last decade. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, we had a disagreement Uh-oh. about that last Uh-oh. biggest. That's poss- That's the biggest drop off you could possibly have. One yeah. Two. Yeah, from top ten favorite movies of the decade to top ten worst honorable, honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah, it it was so disappointing. Okay, that one. Ghostbusters 2016, was not a fan of it. Suicide Squad, as you mentioned before. Justice League, Cloverfield Paradox. Again, like they drive it down the Super Bowl and give you a piece of garbage afterwards on Netflix. Uh, Lego Movie Two, I was disappointed in. All right, disappointed or is it bad? I think I don't think it's good. The Lego Movie. Okay, I. Two. So you like the Lego Movie Two? Lego Movie Two, not I, not the original one. The the original Lego Movie is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. I agree with that. I was, the first I was one? the first yeah. one. The second one, again, not nearly as good, but it's not bad by any means. Like, not bad at all. I, I, it didn't. I mean, it's not great by any means, but like, it's not bad. Still, has a catchy yeah. song. The song is going to be nominated for an Oscar for yep. best original song. Um, it, it's not, it's not awful by any means. Okay, well, great. I'm gonna have to add these to my homework. Yep. The first Lego Movie is objectively uh, it's cult, it's amazing. A, it's a cult classic. It, the fact that it didn't win best animated Oscar or was even nominated yeah. is a crime. Okay, so to round out my my list here, Dark Phoenix, as you said, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I like this one. I did not like this one. I liked it. I, I think I gave it above a C. Yeah. I think I, I enjoyed this movie. And the movie we just podcasted about, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. This one probably in hindsight should have been on my list, um, but I think I tried to avoid recency bias with it by not putting it on there. I, d- I did not want to put the top ten. I think it should be an honorable mention, though, considering how bad it was. It was it was really really bad, and both in both the objectively being just horrendously made, and also uh, in terms of disappointment. So, again, I agree with you. It probably should be on the honorable mentions, but I just didn't put it on there to avoid recency bias in my own brain. If I revisited this in a couple months, it might definitely make there. And I I, I have an asterisk next to cats. So I feel that's that's pending. I feel like it should belong there, but until I see it, it's not officially on the list. All right, that's fair. That that's that's a good. I think I only super disagree with two. I only super disagree with the Lego Movie 2 I enjoyed and the Murder on the Orient Express I enjoyed. Yeah. All right, so let's go to number I one. I have a question before you guys get to your number one. Sure. How did you feel about American Hustle? With um, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. Disappointed, but it wasn't a bad movie. It was eh. Could have been better. Could have been worse. You, it would have been in my top ten. You strongly, strongly dislike that movie. Yeah. Very bad. Why? I thought it was the most boringest movie I've ever seen. 
ever seen. Ever seen. All right. Um, to be honest with you, I don't remember a lot about it. Like, I just I would need to read a summary to remind me what happened. But I remember it wasn't Silver Linings Playbook, which is what I was hoping for. Um, but I don't remember thinking it was ta- it was bad. It was nominated for a lot of Oscars, though, wasn't it? I think. Yes, it was. I think it was. Now you have me curious. Yeah, one I feel that way about like I like n- like the movie's very good, but it's just not Christian, my cup of yeah, tea. Yeah, it was nominated for ten Oscars. Yeah, I didn't like it. Christian Bale. Was, okay, now I'm looking at it. I thoroughly enjoyed Christian Bale in it. I thought he was really good. I thought didn't think Jennifer Lawrence was that great. I thought Amy Adams was pretty good in this, if I remember correctly. I don't remember Bradley Cooper's character. Yeah, he was there. Oh my god, this cast is insane. Yeah, I'm gonna have to revisit this. You gave a homework assignment to me. I'll revisit this one. Yeah, next next podcast, thank like a Garrett's homework assignment. You guys dis- discussing American Hustle. Yeah, I'm uh, very curious. I remember being slightly disappointed, but this cast is really nuts. But all right, fair enough. Good question. I like thank that. You. Thank, thank you for your participation. Thank you. Would you like me to go first? You can save yours for last, or you no? Want- I'll go first. You could you could anchor. You could be the caboose. I'll go first with most disappointing. Uh, the most disappointing movie and worst movie of the 2010s for me was The Dark Tower. Released August 4th, 2017. Uh, a movie based off a Stephen King book franchise and book series that I loved. Um, literally, these audiobooks were all over 20 hours. Some of them were over 28 hours long, and I listened to all of them, and sometimes I listened to them twice. Um, so I was expecting so much from this movie to kind of build what could have been a massive cinematic universe that would have made me so, so, so happy. And instead, I was so, so, so disappointed. Um this movie took almost nothing from the source material, um, and what it did change, it changed really badly. Just It made things too, too literal. Um, there was no smartness with it at all. It centered this movie around the kid rather than around Roland, who is the actual gunslinger, which was the name of the first book. Um, it wasted Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba with horrendous, horrendous dialogue, no tension whatsoever. Like, in the original book, these two characters don't meet until the very end of the book. And the end of the book is a mind-melding conversation of smarts, wit, theory, and philosophy that leaves you at the end of it going, oh, my God, I need to sit down. Um, And this movie had absolutely none of that. So completely different tenor and tone than what I expected. Um, And even with that change, the changes weren't done well at all. Um, there were so many Stephen King references shoved throughout it, which we touched on earlier, Mike, about homages that are just too obvious. Homages to Pennywise, to The Shining, um, various other ways that it was just put right out there on the screen for the audience to go, oh, we recognize that, rather than making it subtle where you kind of like, we need to either dig in Reddit or something like that to find them later. Um, so didn't like that at all. Um, Stephen King talked about this movie, and the reason he said it didn't go very well because it wasn't rated R and they they dug in on a PG-13 movie rating, which, again, if you've read the books, is not anything like the tone of the books, which are violent and there's an incredibly mean. Roland kills a kid, lets a kid die in the book, uh, in the book in a really, really hurtful way, um, and it deals with them like emotionally, and it's really riveting. Um, nothing about this movie was redeeming at all because it changed so much of what I love from the books. And I'm going to be a snob and say the book was better than the movie, but 100% in this case, The Dark Tower is one of the worst, and it is the most disappointing for me, uh, the movie of 2010s. I think it's funny because, like, when it gets to my time movie, you like you the reasons you hate Dark Tower are very similar to what I hate my movie for. So I think it's very interesting there. And, Gary, in case you are not aware, Stanka was not a fan of, of over-the-top fan service. Over-the-top fan service is, ugh, it deserves to be thrown in a trash can, burned, and then hooked into the universe. Rise of Skywalker really, really triggered him. 
Oh, it triggered me so, so badly. <laughs> so, so badly. But again, this is also noting, I have two Matthew McConaughey movies on my top ten of most disappointing worst movies of the decade. Yeah. Which is kind of shocking because I think objectively he's a talented actor, but he's in two of the worst movies I've seen. He's overrated. That is a take. That is a take. What is your reasoning for that take? Uh, My reasoning for that take is you look at his movies and there's, like you just said, you have two movies of his on your top ten worst. Mm-hmm. I think if you actually sit down and dissect all his movies, there's more bad movies than there are good movies. Um, Let me toss this one out to you, too, then. Which Matt do you want? Which career would you rather have, his or Damon's? Oh, Matt Damon. Not even close. Matt Damon, 100%. It's not even remotely close. Yeah, 100%. That's, oh, my God. Yeah. Not even close. Um, Looking through his IMDb movies that I've seen, Lincoln Lawyer, I enjoyed it. Um, Going to the next movie I saw, The Paperboy was weird. I admit that one was a weird movie. Not great. Mud, thoroughly loved Mud. Magic Mike, a delightful movie. Magic Mike, objectively a great movie. I thought he was terrible in that movie. What is wrong with you? Oh, he was he was good in that movie. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, really, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, he he won an Oscar a, for that he movie. He was good in that. I'll give you uh, that one. The Wolf on Wall Street, good movie. He was barely in that one, but... D- yeah. uh, mm-hmm. all right. Still very, very yes, memorable yes, scene. Yes, yes, True yes. Detective Season 1, one of the best seasons of TV this decade. Interstellar, a good Christopher Nolan movie. Then we skip a few. Kubo and the Two Strings, I haven't seen it, but it's considered one of the best animated movies of all time, especially of this century. So he was in that one. Um, and then there's definitely a bit of a lull, which I'll give you that. I didn't see Free State of Jones. Um, then he went to the Dark Tower in 2017, which, again, I made just my opinions known, which was bad. He was in White Boy Rick, which I think was okay. It wasn't great. He was in Serenity, which was terrible. Um, he was in The Beach Bum this year, which was disappointing, but I don't think it was objectively bad. I think it was just too much of McConaughey being McConaughey, too much nonchalantness, smoking weed, and trying to act cool. Yep. Uh, but he's going to be in The Gentleman, which is coming out in a couple weeks with Guy Ritchie in an over-the-top action, violent movie, which I'm super excited to There's see. There's a lot of hopes for that. Yes. So. so I think he's had a pretty good decade. All right. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. All right. Number one. And this one, I know you don't think this is – you don't think I should have this on there, but – No, 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 because we talked about this before. There's there's a there's a reason you have this on there which is valid. It's just it wouldn't make my last my list for that reason. Okay, number one, and I think this is goes all the way back to 2010. So I might be in the worst movie of the decade came out in the first year of the decade, The Last Airbender, based on the Nickelodeon show Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I know it's a Nickelodeon show, but it was written so well, it was so advanced for its time. I mean, this show dealt with like serious shit. It dealt with like a genocidal war. It dealt with death. It dealt with like poverty on a kids show, which you never see. They like they kill characters off on this show. They never do that on like Nickelodeon products. The storyline is so great. I'm like, they see them going to live action. I'm like, yes, this is gonna be so good. They have such great material on it. They can do a nice trilogy on it because each season is supposed to be like one book. Basically, this is, this whole concept is based on this kid who controlled the four elements of the or of the earth. They have people can control fire, control water, control earth, and control the air. Mm-hmm. One guy control all four, and he's the he's the avatar, the main guy. Obviously, they changed the name because of the James Cameron movie, but this this movie, this kid, great franchise material. They put Shyamalan on the movie, and I'm like, okay, he did Sixth Sense. He's done some cool stuff. He did stuff this. I walked out of here. I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? This movie was so, so bad. He literally changed the pronunciation of characters' names because it did not fit his definition of it. The main character is, is called Ang. He's like, no, you're going to call him Ong. I'm like, Why? 
why I did that. The acting was terrible. Jackson Rathbone is, is like one of the main characters, one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Dev Patel was the bad, one of the bad guys. He was awful. The whole like franchise was just completely sunk because they had the plan to do a whole trilogy of it. Yeah. So bad. 7% Rotten Tomatoes. Trilogy got tanked despite the fact this made some money. This made $319 million somehow. They, well, I think it's just because people recognize the name and the franchise of it. I'm 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 really curious to see what it made overseas because I bet you it made a killing overseas. Yeah, the effects were not great, and the other problem with this movie is they whitewashed this cast. And this and the cartoon is a lot of like Asian based characters. All the main characters are white here, which I think is another problem with this movie. They sort of, they went against source material so much. Source material was great. They ruined the concept, and this had so much potential to be a great movie, live action movie franchise. And Shyamalan's took it and just took a flamethrower to it and said, you know what, Meh, I'm dead. Uh, I mean, that, that's fair. Again, we have the same reasons for our number one. is more of personal disappointment than objectively bad, but objectively both movies were terrible as well. Yeah. So, again, that's where we kind of lean with our number ones. Um, it's, I mean, I'm looking at the, the character who played Ong, or Ang, um, and he's only appeared in three movies. Noah Ringer. He yeah. appeared in The Last Airbender video game, which isn't even a movie. The Last Airbender, the movie, and then Cowboys and Aliens in 2011, and that's it. He hasn't appeared in anything since. But to tell you, that's a poor choice. Yeah, probably not a good choice. Um, so again, Sh- I Shyamalan took this took this franchise basically just like just ran into the ground so hard. It's so bad, and like I love this show. The show was brilliant for its time too. This is like late two thousands. This is like a brilliant concept of a television show, and he did not involve the original creators at all. He's like, I got this. I got my own thing, and nope. And the creators to this day still say that they could have made this franchise into so, such a good live-action thing, but they decided to go Shyamalan because they wanted the big, sexy star appeal. Yeah, because they wanted the name. Um, I remember not liking this movie at all, but I don't remember anything else about it. I remember just it, remember it not being good, but there's no memory of any scene or anything in this movie at all. Which, again, is not a good sign if I can't remember a single thing about it. No, you can't. I just remember they just took the cannon and dunked on it. Hmm, that's fair. It's just not good. Again, when you dunk on what people are, are expecting or the canon that people love, that's why it's really hard to freaking make something adapt that is as so beloved. Um, it's a really delicate task, which you need delicate hands to make. And Shyamalan, obviously, a little bit too rough with this one for you, Mike. Very, very disappointed. So disappointed. I didn't even watch the Nickelodeon show. So I didn't either. I did you Did you see the movie? No. Yeah. Probably a wise choice. I would not recommend it. I think I probably would. Uh, here's the thing. I didn't grow up with Nickelodeon, Disney, or Cartoon Network, so I never have seen an episode or anything of this animated show whatsoever. So that's probably why it's not as bad for me as you. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying the show is so good. Yeah, I believe you. I have a hard time getting into animated TV shows. Like this, That's just a personal Like This is such a higher. This is, like, yeah. I know you think animated shows, and you're like, oh, SpongeBob, or like. I've never seen it. I've seen like, one episode of SpongeBob in my life. That's it. Fairly Odd Parents or like whatever, like random. I can't believe we just said that because that's disgraceful. I've seen one episode. To be yeah. an American and never see more than <laughs> ten episodes of SpongeBob. I've seen one. We, objectively, seen we, one episode. We have friends. In all seriousness, we have friends who are very disappointed in the fact you've only seen one episode of SpongeBob. One episode. Yeah, oh. that is all. I can tell you when I saw it. I saw it on How a do mission I work trip for you. I, I saw it on a mission trip. I was in Michigan. No, I was in no upstate New York. Upstate New York, and I was watching on the couch with this girl I was hanging out with on the mission trip. You buy my cribbo? Uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm from upstate New York. I guess so. I was I was like three hours away from Connecticut, so I don't know. That just. <laughs> I don't know where that. I don't know where that goes. That just does not <laughs> narrow it down at all. I thought cribbo meant something SpongeBob, and I just I don't know where it's like whatsoever. Oh my god! But I'm ne- I'm never. Again, do you watch Family Guy? No. What? 
No, I'm not a big not a big Simpsons guy either. I'm um, not. A, I'm not a big Simpsons guy. Uh, I don't watch South Park religiously. I just South Park stinks. Um, I was just never. I'm not a big fan of animated TV shows. I've never have been. Brickle, the, Brickleberry, hilarious. Todd Brickleberry. I have seen Brickleberry, but again, background noise. Never like played funny. fully attention to it. Hilarious. I don't know. I just. I, I don't know. I just know it's so. It just. It's very. It's very bad. But it's. I think the only animated TV shows that I've watched and like thoroughly enjoyed were Arthur, on on PBS. <laughs> it was a great show, and I watched that until I was far too old for that show. And then trying to think what else? Maybe the old Scooby Doo because I would watch that all the time. That that's respectable. That's a good. Um, the Flintstones used to watch Tom that. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Yeah, I've seen more episodes. Of, I've definitely seen more episodes of Tom and Jerry than SpongeBob. Oh, yeah, again, I've seen one episode of SpongeBob in my life. But like, I've, you're gonna be. Uh, we're going off on the tangent now, Mike. Mike, yeah. feel free to hop in. Um, I've never seen Boy Meets World. Uh, even Stevens. Um, any of those like Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, like Cat First Dog was a show. I think on Cartoon Network. Like, never saw that. Rocket Power. Never you, saw that. You were like a little older for that. Like that's my generation. So I, I don't even know what my generation shows are. Like Drake and Josh. Don't know. No, that's still mine. So what shows were before? I don't even know. Like I'm like you said, PBS. Listen, Arthur, A A R B B A R K. I can spell Arthur better well, than were anybody. No, were you a recess guy back in the day? Yeah, I don't know what recess. Recess, recess uh, cat dog. I don't know what that is. Uh, Doug. Doug was probably more me. Oh, I never saw Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was great. No, like your generation was like the Cartoon Network generation. Like, uh, what's the name of it? Dexter's Laboratory. No. I've seen a couple episodes of Dexter's Laboratory. That like dog Phoebe? in the middle of nowhere. Cow- Courage, a cowardly dog. Yes, I you. know the show. I've never seen it. Oh my! Like, but that's your generation. Well, uh, obviously, I'm just not part of my generation. My friends always tell me that that's the reason I have no soul and I, I don't like pets is because I've never watched cartoons growing up that taught me these things about love. Well, granted, not liking pets, I totally agree with uh, of you having no soul. <laughs> Well, to bring to, to bring it back to the the movie That's we're talking about, SpongeBob. Yeah, <laughs> speaking I, the truth here on this Tango yeah. Stance podcast, as we're going off on a tangent. Yeah, to bring it back to the movie we were discussing here. So I did, I just while you were t- talking about cartoons you haven't seen, I was looking up on IMDb like the audience scores for these for the show and the movie. The show is a nine point two out of ten with audiences. The movie's a four point one out of ten. That's not good. I also like a Mike is trying to steer my podcast in a more proper direction. Can we talk about how he's trying to steer it back on track and me and Garrett over here just chilling? Yeah, but again, that's not very good uh, when you drop off over five points on IMDb in terms of star rating. That's not good. And that's with the audience, not even the critics. Not even the critics. Um, the, the crit- it got 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just not very good. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It was not very good. I just don't remember anything about it. It's Also, it's just super hard to go back and rewatch bad movies. Like, I just have no – when I know it's bad, I don't want to go back and rewatch it. So that's why it was like it was harder doing research for this podcast compared to favorite movies of the decade because I don't want to go back and watch old scenes from movies that I don't like and just am super disappointed in it because it's gonna make me angry. So you mean you're not gonna go go uh, rewatch Dark Tower tomorrow? No, I'm not. I might go reread like the final chapter of like The Gunslinger or the final chapter of the whole entire series, which put my brain in a pretzel where, where I literally had to sit down at the dining room table in silence for 20 minutes and process it. Like, yeah, Blech. I don't know. Yeah. Movies they 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 listed emotions and it's, it's hard to watch bad movies when you know they're when you know they're going to be bad. Yes. So with that being said, we should all go see cats. Garrett's not sure. I'm gonna pass. 
All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Stanko Stance. Appreciate everyone for if you stayed this late in the podcast, God bless you because um, we just went off on a tangent there. Yeah, we need you needed some palate cleansing after that discussion. Yeah, it's it's hard to talk about things you don't like and to talk about them endearingly when all you want to do is just yell and say it stinks. Just listen to us talk about Star Wars on my podcast about 45 minutes. That's, that's, that's basically why the same thing has happened here. That's very true. So, Mike Phillips, uh, how can people reach out to you? How can people find you? Uh, if you want to just come from my wig about the fact that I had, like, take at Hangover 2 instead of Hangover 3 on my list, you can follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. You can also check out my own podcast, Just End the Suffering, usually sports. Stanko pops by every so often and do some pop culture stuff. I love it. I love being the guest because I'm just allowed to go off on a hinge. I can just go off. I don't need to be controlled at all. Yeah, he's just ask me a question and let me go. Yeah, he's in, yeah he's he just comes on. Just ask he, yourself the question. He comes on. He sort of takes takes cool. the wheel. I remember one podcast he came on here. We were talking about <laughs> Avengers Endgame. He sort of ran poor Will Schneider hand off the podcast with his, his hot takes. I know. I feel bad. I did, but. <laughs> That was, that, was, that was a different story. But, yeah. yeah. So, Mike, again, I always I'm always love hopping on the Just End the Suffering podcast. Always love it. Yep. It's never a suffering when I'm on your podcast. No, we don't suffer in those, in those episodes. I'm hilarious. <laughs> Garrett, how can people find you? I'll find them. That's going to do it for this episode <laughs> of Stanko Stance. I'm Jonathan Stanko. Be sure to stay tuned to stankostance.wordpress.com where I'm going to have a blog up shortly of this podcast, which you're listening to right now, but also of my version of the 2020 Oscar nominations from the movies I've seen this year, and then as well as recap and reaction to the actual nominations, which are coming out very, very shortly. So I believe they're actually coming out this upcoming Monday as the day we're taping. We're taping on January 11th, so the Oscar nominations are coming out on January 13th. So, again, stay tuned for that. I want to thank everyone for listening. Mike, Garrett, thanks for joining me. Until next time, Stanko out.